Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 19 is entitled, Conscience, Part 2. Conscience is liberty's greatest police force. Free a man from his conscience, and government will have to pay trillions of dollars for his sins. However, the only way you can free a man from his conscience is to make sin relative. Contrary to popular belief, Conscience is not an indicator of good and evil or right and wrong. Conscience is an indicator of our perceptions of good and evil, right and wrong. Conscience indicates a system of beliefs. Satan can use conscience as easily as God. Conscience has driven many men to do evil. It was the wise King Solomon who said, Proverbs 23, 7 For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. God bears witness to truth. Conscience bears witness to man's idea of truth. If you want God to govern conscience, then you must align yourself with truth. You do not improve conscience by working on conscience. You improve conscience by working on truth. It is truth, not conscience, that makes one free. Conscience has held many men captive to evil. Satan is known as the father of lies because he knows that those who call good evil and evil good will, in good conscience, serve him, thinking they are serving God. Satan has led many an army, carrying the banner of Christ, to fight in Satan's army. Satan is perfectly willing to let man do his work in God's name. Truth is Satan's enemy, not religion. Satan is the most religious person on the planet, for he knows that righteous indignation for an evil cause creates the greatest soldiers. Satan is perfectly willing to lead the band in playing onward Christian soldiers as long as they are marching in his direction. Truth is the only banner of liberty that Satan hates because he cannot win against truth. When our nation turned its back on the Ten Commandments and replaced it with political correctness, then Satan rejoiced, for he knew that the uncertain battle cry would lead the children of God in all directions, fighting chimeras. We erroneously see Satan at the forefront of his soldiers leading the attack, a fierce dragon spitting flames of fire and wearing the colors of evil. Satan is cunning. He is a chameleon. He wears the colors of his enemy and mingles among the children of noble birth, whispering delicately into their ears hyped truths and camouflaged lies, thus leading them to fall into their own unguarded pit. Satan wins by creating dissension, doubt, discontent, hatred, turning brother against brother and sister against sister. Satan wants us to see racism everywhere. Because of the vast complexity of big government, democracy can only survive in an environment where most of the people govern themselves with a common view of morality and a desire for self-reliance. Government-controlled morality must move away from democracy and toward a totalitarian state. The police force must increase. Two things happen. One, some evils must be decriminalized to ease the courts and empty the prisons. Other evils must be winked at. Two, severe penalties must be imposed on some evils merely to cut down the volume of criminals. 
When the majority move away from absolute standards of morality, the fluid laws of a nation move with it, as we see by the changing of laws that once strictly governed abortion, chastity, prostitution, traditional marriage, gambling, drugs, pornography, and crime. What doesn't move with it is the freedom from consequences. Those must be paid for, and the government is picking up the tab, offering free abortion, redefining marriage in the family, and extending rights. We are moving rapidly toward a welfare state. The taxpayers are required to pay for the effect, but political correctness does not allow them to say anything about the cause. In a non-totalitarian state, when public morality breaks down, Government must then move away from the philosophy of self-government, step in and redefine good and evil. Ultimately, as the prisons become overcrowded, laws that restricted behavior that was once considered detrimental to society must be stricken from the books. Crime is thus reduced and prisons relieved, not by reducing criminal behavior, but by redefining evil and calling it good. Out of necessity, in a godless society, government rather than God dictates what is good and what is evil. Actions once condemned by conscience are not only permitted by government, but they are also encouraged, even commercialized, such as the legalization of drugs and gambling. Sin that can be taxed is more likely to be embraced by a liberal Congress who requires more and more money to feed the Leviathan they have created. Money led government to profit from drugs and gambling. The crimes on the books are reduced, but not the consequences that were the reasons the behavior was condemned in the first place. Disease, deaths, drugs, addictions, divorce, unwed mothers, orphans, poverty, gangs, violence, murders, stealing, civil unrest, etc. proliferate. Taxes must be raised to pay for the sins of excessive freedom, and government profits most by taxing evil. The only reason government resists illegal drugs is because illegal drugs cannot be taxed. Conscience is a harsh taskmaster, and a conscience ruled by ignorance can be a slave master. When one violates his conscience, he becomes miserable, and his misery sometimes grows to depression. Our modern society tries to remove misery, not by changing behavior, but by removing depression, often through drugs. To avoid the misery of sin, however, one must either change his behavior or redirect his conscience. I am not speaking of individual trials. I am speaking of a national movement in which the left is trying to change the moral values of America. In a society in decline, good becomes what the majority of the people want, and bad becomes what the majority of the people do not want. In a democracy, when people abandon absolute moral values, the first step is to change the laws to support the new morality. Today, a growing majority of Americans do not want God, not because they care about God. They do not want to be ruled by the Christian conscience. They do not want the so-called outdated restraints of a Puritan society. They want the new laws to validate their new perceptions of good and bad, thus removing personal guilt from formerly forbidden behavior. Again, I go back to those chilling words spoken by a leader of the left. Deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. Laws have to be backed up with resources and political will. All the laws we've passed don't count for much if they're not enforced. Rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper. The left is very serious. Already we are seeing these words put into action. 
Deep-seated cultural codes refer to the Ten Commandments. Religious beliefs refer to Christianity. Structural biases refer to traditional marriage, abortion laws, gay marriage, homosexuality, gender identity, and so on. When Hillary said that rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper, she meant that laws must be passed to force all Americans to accept the views of the left, including gender identity, teaching transgender to four-year-olds, overriding the wishes of the parents, critical race theory. In effect, the left wants to criminalize traditional moral values. Did anyone notice how quickly abortion rights extended to partial birth abortion and even to the death of an infant outside the mother's womb? The camel's nose is in the tent. Our children will inherit a corrupted conscience with validating laws. Therefore, the sins of the fathers will be passed on to the children down many generations. When someone in the public eye is caught violating the old moral codes, particularly as it relates to sexual behavior, it is commonly dismissed by saying, it is the 21st century, get over it. In the past, the sin was condemned. In the present, the old value is condemned. Such is the legacy of political correctness. Christianity is even condemned for implanting guilt for bad behavior. Some psychologists, rather than recommending a change of behavior in their clients, recommend a change of religion, or rather an abandonment of Christian principles in favor of the values of the New World Order. Old values die hard, and old lions sleep restlessly. Rather than add a cure, they add confusion. The purpose of political correctness is to create a fast lane to change the nation's perceptions of good and evil. Conscience, the most misunderstood gift of God, is connected to perceptions of truth, not to truth itself, otherwise agency could not be possible. Political correctness follows the social order established by those in power and can be changed on a whim. If those in power shut out moral absolutes and convince the citizens that political correctness is the new God, then they have power over the nation's conscience. And that is the end of America as we know it. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.